Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on May 15th, 2016, on the basis of verses from John 15 and 16. So today we're starting this, this new series entitled Anchor. And I think that the basic idea behind it is sort of a familiar one. The idea is that life is compared to this voyage on a boat, across some sort of body of water. And over the course of that journey, over the course of that voyage, it is inevitable that at some point a storm is going to hit. In fact, I think we'd agree that in life the storms are inevitable and unavoidable. And so when one of those storms hits, you and I need something very strong, very certain, very secure to hold on to an anchor. Just to give you a little bit of a heads up, here are some of the things that we're going to be talking about over the course of the next few weeks. Next week, as we celebrate the confirmation of two young men here at Good News, we're going to talk about the transition from that stage in life when you are relatively surrounded by people who more or less agree with what you think and believe into that stage of life where you are surrounded by people who not only don't agree, but maybe even are opposed to the things that you think and believe. That can be a storm, right? A few weeks from now, we'll talk about feelings of guilt and the constant accusations that we get, not only from outside of us, but also from within. Accusations that that we're not good enough for God, that we're not worthy of his love and acceptance. That, too, can be a storm. A few weeks down the road on Father's Day, we'll talk about some of the challenges of parenting. We'll talk about the frustration that parents might feel as they do their best to prepare their children for life and for adulthood, and yet in spite of that don't see the results that they would hope and expect. That can be a storm. Finally, we'll talk about death, that unstoppable enemy that either will eventually or maybe already has separated you from someone that you love very dearly. That can be a storm. As we look at each one of those storms, we'll, we'll look at the very specific anchor that God provides, something strong, secure, and certain to hold on to. And yet, as we begin the series today, we're going we're gonna to be looking at this whole boat metaphor, this whole voyage metaphor from a slightly different angle. You see, I still remember vividly the first couple of times that my dad took my brother and I fishing. We went fishing in this, in this small aluminum boat that we had with a, with a little motor attached to the end. And as you can imagine, my brother and I very quickly needed to learn the lesson that a storm is by no means the only thing that can sink a boat. In fact, even when the water is perfectly calm and serene, it is very easy for that boat to capsize if everyone in the boat isn't seated in just the right spot. As we turn our attention to these words of Jesus from the Gospel of John today, that's exactly what we're going to see. That as God prepares us to face the storms that we inevitably go through in life, the very first thing that he does is he makes sure that everyone is in just the right spot in the boat. In fact, today we're going to see that this day that we're celebrating today, the day known as Pentecost, is actually the day when God decided to switch seats in the boat. So picture yourself in in this boat, on this voyage, going across some body of water, and all of a sudden a storm hits. 
It might be any of the storms that I mentioned before. It might be something completely different. Where do you turn for security and certainty? Permit me to make a little observation this morning. I think that as we face those storms, we are very used to talking about the way that God our Father helps us get through them. We picture God as our Father up there in heaven, all-powerful, almighty, watching over us, making sure that we're safe. And I think we're very used to thinking about and talking about how Jesus gets us through those storms. Maybe we picture him up there in heaven too. Maybe we even picture him right there in the boat with us where he promises to be. Maybe even he's the, he's the captain of the boat as we go through these storms. But is it fair to guess that the last time you went through one of those major storms in life, the very first thing that popped into your head was not, boy, I'm sure glad I've got the Holy Spirit right here next to me. In fact, if someone said that to you, if they said, boy, I'm going through a really difficult time right now, but I'm so thankful that I've got the Holy Spirit burning in my heart and he's right here by my side, would you give them a little bit of a, of a strange look perhaps? The Holy Spirit often gets left out of the picture, doesn't he? And yet that's exactly what Jesus wants us to think about and wants us to picture as he speaks these words to his followers. You see, for the past three years, it was Jesus who had been there with them, right there by their side. And with these words, he's preparing them for some very serious storms that lay ahead. He knows full well that if they continue to follow him, if they continue to put their faith in him, they can expect nothing but hatred and persecution from the world around them. And yet as Jesus prepares them to face those storms, his message is not, don't worry, I won't leave you, I'll be right here by your side. In fact, it's the exact opposite. He says, I'm leaving, I'm done, I'm out of here, I'm going back up to the one who sent me. And not only does he want them to be aware of that fact, he actually wants to convince them that this is a good thing for them. Here's what Jesus says. Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay, so as God prepares us to face these storms in life, and as he makes sure that everyone is sitting in just the right seat in the boat, here's what Jesus is telling us. Forty days after Jesus rose from the dead, remember that number, by the way, forty days after Jesus rose from the dead, he kept this promise and he went back up into heaven, back to the one who sent him. Fifty days after Easter, remember that number too, fifty days after Easter, the day we're celebrating today, the day of Pentecost, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to take his place. So one day, Jesus vacates that seat in the boat that was right next to his followers, and then ten days later, he sends the Holy Spirit to take that seat over. In fact, that word that Jesus uses to refer to the Holy Spirit, that word advocate, it literally means someone who is sent to be right alongside of you. Someone who occupies the seat in the boat right next to you. And on the day of Pentecost, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to take that seat. In fact, that's still how God arranges all of the seats in the boat. The Bible tells us that when a person comes to faith in Jesus, whether that's through the preaching of his word or through the sacrament of holy baptism, when a person comes to faith, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
In fact, not even just, just right next to them by their side. The, the Bible actually says that the Holy Spirit comes to live, to make his home in their hearts. And when those people who follow Jesus continue to hear his word, when they receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, that's how the Holy Spirit continues to be with them and continues to work in their lives. And so, yes, when you and I face the storms in life, we very much should say, boy, I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is right here with me. In fact, that's all the reason that we need to continue to hear God's word and continue to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion because it's through those things that the Holy Spirit continues to be present with us to strengthen our faith, to work powerfully in our lives. On the day that God made sure that everybody was sitting in the right seat in the boat, he sent the Holy Spirit to be in that seat right next to you. So, why is that such a comforting thing? Why is that the ultimate way that we can find security and certainty during life storms? Do you think it's because the Holy Spirit is God and because he's God, he can protect us and keep us safe? Actually, no, although he certainly can do that. Do you think it's because the Holy Spirit is God and because he's God, at the snap of his fingers, he could make every storm in life subside? and make the waters of our voyage perfectly calm? No, although as God, he certainly could. No, the Holy Spirit has a job that is completely different from that, and Jesus tells us what it is. He says, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. See, that term for the Holy Spirit that's translated advocate not only tells us where the Holy Spirit is, that he's in that seat right next to us, it also tells us what the Holy Spirit does for us. See, in Jesus' day, that, that word advocate was most commonly used to refer to lawyers, attorneys, individuals who represent other people in a court of law. So, so as Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to take that seat right by our side, he is there to represent God to us. To be the one who is going to teach us the truth about God. And, and in this very specific way, Jesus says he will testify about me. So the Holy Spirit's job is simply to constantly, consistently, continually point us to our Savior Jesus. Now here's why that's such an important thing. See, when we get to that stage in life that, that feels like a storm. Of course, the storm in and of itself is bad enough, but here's what's even worse, that when those storms come, Satan sees an opportunity. Amen. Satan sees an opportunity to fill our heads with all kinds of false ideas about God that ultimately are aimed to draw us away from him. But God must really not love me if he's allowing me to go through this storm. Or God must be punishing me for some specific sin and I really need to straighten out my life and then things will go better. Or man, if this is what following Jesus brings, maybe it's not worth it. Everything I'm doing to follow Jesus only seems to make life more difficult. In fact, the Bible actually describes what Satan does this way. He says that we are, it says that we are tossed back and forth by the waves. We are blown here and there by every wind of false teaching. And so thankfully, 
as the devil tries to fill our heads with, with every lie about God to draw us away from him, the Holy Spirit is there continually pointing us to Jesus. And friends, if we realize that that's the main work of the Holy Spirit, then, then we'll understand the beauty and the wisdom of God arranging all of those seats in the boat exactly the way that he did. You ready for a little bit of math this morning? Don't worry, it's really, really easy math. All right, so, so the day that Jesus went back up into heaven to his Father's side, how many days after Easter was that? 40. And the day that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into the world to, to take that seat in the boat right next to us, how many days after Easter was that? 50. Here's the math question. Which of those is the smaller number? 40, right? In other words, which one happened first? It's the easiest math in the world, right? And, and, and here's the point. That from the very first day that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into the world to, to take that seat right next to us and continually point us to Jesus, where was Jesus? Jesus was already in his new permanent seat. Not the seat next to us in the boat, but the seat next to his Father in heaven. And friends, it makes all the difference in the world that the Jesus that the Holy Spirit points us to is not Jesus that's still here on earth doing things for us, not a Jesus who's still over in Israel preaching and teaching and doing miracles, but a Jesus who is up in heaven sitting next to his Father because that's the Jesus that is proof that his work for our salvation is done, is complete, is finished. And that's what enables the Holy Spirit to prove every single one of those lies from the devil to be exactly what they are, lies. In fact, Jesus mentions a couple of them, a couple of the ways in which the Holy Spirit will prove the world and the spirit of this world to be wrong about Jesus. He mentions sin. We, of course, know what sin is, right? We get sin. People out there get sin. Everyone admits that they commit sins. But the problem is that by nature, our solution for sin is to excuse it. And the devil's solution that he points us to and that the world points us to is to excuse it and blame others for it and minimize it and justify it. But then the Holy Spirit comes along and he points us to Jesus. And when he does, it's not even so much that all of those excuses that we make for our sins are wrong, although they certainly are. It's that they're pointless. They're not needed because there's a solution for sin. Sins have been paid for, and the fact that Jesus is seated right next to the Father up in heaven proves it. Jesus also mentions the idea of righteousness. We understand righteousness, right? We get goodness and virtue. We know what those things are, and we, we sort of expect that in order to stand before God, you need those things. But again, the problem is that by nature, our method for pursuing and obtaining that righteousness is to earn it, is to pile up enough good deeds that it, it sort of outweighs the bad things that we've done, or to pile up enough good for ourselves so that at the very least we look better than the person who's standing over there. But then the Holy Spirit comes along and he points us to Jesus. And when he does, it's not even so much that, that our attempts to earn righteousness fall pathetically short of God's expectations, though they certainly do. It's that they're pointless. 
it's that they're not needed because Jesus has kept every single demand of God's perfect law and his righteousness is the only righteousness we need. The fact that he is seated at the right hand of the Father proves it. See, friends, as we think about the way that, that God arranged all of the seats in the, bo- in the boat, we see the beauty and the wisdom of the fact that he put the Holy Spirit right next to us. The Holy Spirit whose job is to point us to Jesus. To point us to Jesus at the Father's right hand as proof that sin doesn't need to be excused because it's already been paid for and righteousness doesn't need to be earned because it's a free gift from God. In fact, here's the beauty of the way that God arranged all of these seats in the boat. There the Holy Spirit is sitting right next to us. His job is simply to point us to where Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. And when we go through life with our eyes fixed on Jesus, then we gain certainty and security about our seat in the boat, our position before God, his dearly loved children, forgiven, holy, righteous in his sight that as we go through this voyage and as we face life's inevitable storms, we know with confidence that the voyage safely makes it to the eternal shores of heaven. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.